0: with me this morning, if you would, and let's go to the book of Jonah in the Old Testament, little book of Jonah, right after the book of Obadiah, Jonah chapter number one, and if you're able to this morning, let's stand out of respect for the word of God. Have you ever gone, maybe on vacation, or gone somewhere and had an opportunity to go way up on top of a tall building and look out over a city. How many of you have ever done that? And uh, years ago, um, my wife and I, we went to see my uncle with my folks and he lived in New Jersey. And we rode the New Jersey Transit over into um, New York, got on the uh, subway. We actually rode the subway up underneath of one of the World Trade Tower buildings that were taken down by terrorists years ago, and uh, we, went, we went to that building, and we were standing there, and I said to my wife, I said, hey, let's, let's go up on top of these. Anybody else ever, before they were knocked down, any, top of the World Trade Tower? And uh, my wife looked at me, and she goes, you can go. That's okay. I don't want to go. And I said, I want to go. And so we, we, uh, you get on there, and you have a ride an elevator up 60-some floors, I think it was. And you have to get off that elevator, get on another one because of the way the building is constructed or was constructed. And you get up on top, and you, you're still inside. And they actually have glass up there, and you can, you can stand away from the glass and lean and put your forehead on the glass, and look down, people look like ants. And it gives you this feeling like you're falling out of the building. And, uh, and I said, that's pretty cool. I said, can we go up on the roof? And somebody said, yeah, there's, there's uh, escalators. So we went over there and went up on the roof. The wind was unbelievable up on top of this building. And I looked down, and you, you've played the game Monopoly. You know the little pieces you you move around the board? That's how big the Statue of Liberty looked. That's how high we were. They had some of these things that you you could look out over the city. And I remember looking out over the city from that vantage point thinking, look at all those people. All those people that are going to spend eternity somewhere. And if they know the Lord, then according to the Bible, they're going to go to heaven. But if they don't know the Lord, according to the word of God, they'll spend eternity without the Lord. And it it just has impacted me whenever I go to certain places and I have the opportunity to see something like that. And you know, a lot of times we see that on a daily basis. I couldn't see that from down on the ground. When I was walking around, as far as my eye could see, I could see people. But when I got up there, I could see a lot farther. And the reality of how many people are in this world, that if there's no vision, they're going to perish. And this morning, I wonder if you see that. I wonder if all of us see that. We need to see this world the way God sees this world. And I want you to see from Jonah chapter number 1 this morning, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus, from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus, from the presence of the Lord. Notice that statement twice, from the presence of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, and I think of this new year and the opportunity that you have given to us, but Lord, this year needs to count for the cause of Christ. Open our hearts, open our eyes and our ears this morning that we might behold things out of thy wondrous word. Bless the message, Lord, and Lord, seal it to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Jonah was there and God had something that Jonah needed to see. And God had a reason that he wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh. And it was because God saw something and he wanted Jonah to see it. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, man's heart, was only evil continually. Notice those words. Only evil continually. Do you know that that was the days of Noah? That was the days of Jonah? And that's our day. That's mankind. That his thoughts, the thoughts of his heart, are only evil continually. You see, God saw something, and he wanted Jonah to see it, but not only to see it, but he wanted Jonah to do something about it. The Bible says don't just be a hearer of the Word of God, but be a doer of the Word of God. And folks, listen, you're in church this morning, and I'm glad that you're here this morning, and you will hear from God's Word. The question is, Will you do something with what you hear? It's the same as what God was asking Jonah. God had something for Jonah because the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. George Washington Carver said, where there is no vision, there is no hope. A woman who understood adversity, Helen Keller, said, The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. That's from a woman who was deaf and dumb by the time she was 19 months of age. Amos in his day said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Folks, we are living in that day where there is a famine in the world because of the word of God. People want to hear everything except for what thus saith the Lord. We have everything in this world, but what we need is God's word. And listen, folks, vision without action can change, or excuse me, with action can change the world. And That's what you and I need to do is We need to see what God was showing to Jonah, that Jonah chose to turn his head away from what God was showing him. We need to do something about it. Folks, listen, as the Lord tarries his coming, God's giving us an opportunity in this new year to make a change. Now, certainly I can't change people and you can't either, but we know someone who can. God can still change this world. So what is God's vision? What was God's vision for Jonah his day? What is God's vision? And, of course, there was a vision God had for Nineveh. But what is God's vision for the world? And I want you to see a started vision. The Bible says in verse number one, the word of the Lord came. See, the vision was started by the word of God. I love the Bible. I hope you do too. The Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. People need God's word. God's word does its work in our lives. And understand that when God gave this vision to Jonah, and when God is speaking to us in 2017 and going into 2018, that the vision started with the word of God, but it also started with the will of God. See, it is God's will that people would be saved. And how can somebody be saved? The Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing... And hearing by the word of God, people need to hear what the Bible has to say. Peter said, "The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Notice as some men count slackness, but God is long suffering to usward, not willing see it 's the will of God. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, the Bible says in matthew eighteen fourteen even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one that one of these little ones should perish. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. God wants everyone to go to heaven. As a matter of fact, He wants them to go so much that He sent His only begotten Son. And God was trying to get Jonah to see the vision and how the vision started with the Word of God and the vision started by the will of God. But notice I see a stated vision over in the Bible in Luke. The Bible says the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So when I think about this vision that God has stated in his word, the vision is stated with compassion for the lost. God loves sinners. You know that's what Jesus was criticized for, that he was a friend of publicans, and sinners. Aren't you glad that Jesus is a friend of sinners? Because we're all sinners, right? And listen, I love the fact that the Bible says in Micah that God will turn again. He will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities and thou wilt cast all their sins in the depth of the seas. Psalm 78, he being full of compassion forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Folks, I'm going to tell you this morning, we have to understand that we know a God and we serve a God that has a compassion for the lost. And listen, that vision was stated also with confidence by the Lord. The Bible tells us in Jude in verse 21 Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, have compassion, making a difference, and others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Many believe that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Whether you agree with that or not, we know this much that it is a part of the inspired Word of God. And here's what the writer testifies that he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Listen, that included Nineveh. That includes the United States of America. That includes every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl that this vision of God is something that was started by the will of God. It was stated that it was with confidence from the Lord, that it is a compassion that God has for the lost. But notice, as it came to Jonah, look at verse number 2. Here's what the Bible says. God told Jonah, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. God says, Jonah, I have a vision for you. I have something that I want you to do. And notice I see a call to action. The vision was signaled and God told Jonah, arise. Listen, there have been many in the Bible that God has said the exact same thing to. Listen, how will people be saved unless we take the gospel to them? How will people ever know? Listen, would you have known about the Lord if somebody wouldn't have come to you? I am eternally grateful to my wife because she was faithful to witness to me about the Lord Jesus Christ. There ought to be a special place in your heart today for that person who listened to the call to action. And the Bible says in Joshua 1, 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this, Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them even to the children of Israel. Micah 6, 1, hear ye now what the Lord saith. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hey, listen, God was telling Jonah, listen, those people in that city that I want you to go to, that I want you to see what I see, that they are sinners, that they are bound for a Christless eternity, I want you to get up. Jonah, and I want you to go. Notice not only a call to action, but a call to advance. God says, look, it's one thing to know about it. It's another to do something about it. Folks, listen, we have a mission field, and it's right outside those doors. God says, I want you to get up, arise, and I want you to go. I want you to advance. The Bible says in Acts 9, 6, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, What will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go. Go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. One of the great songs that we sing here at church is Onward, Christian Soldier. Folks, listen, we don't retreat. We don't sit still. We go forward marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Now, the Bible says in Acts 10 and verse 20, arise therefore and get thee down and go with them. Listen, Peter was told by the angel, doubting nothing. Listen, don't think about it. Just do what I ask you to do. And that's exactly what Jonah was thinking. I don't think I want to go into that city. I don't want to th- I think I want to talk to those people. And you know, many times when God is speaking to us, instead of doing what the Lord asks us to do, we do exactly the opposite. My pastor said for years that we need to obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit of God. You see, there was a call to action and there was a call to advance, but notice there was also a call to announce. As he was told here in verse number two, he says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. You know, it's a difficult thing sometimes to tell people that they're a sinner. That's one of the uh, unpleasantries of being a preacher of the gospel. Now, certainly, I don't, I don't mince words. I, I read and, and proclaim the word of God but a lot of times when you tell somebody what thus saith the Lord, listen, I understand that that's going to strike a chord in people's hearts when they hear that they are a sinner and that they need a savior. Jonah knew about this city. He knew how wicked the people were in this city. He knew how vile they were. And Jonah thought there is no way that I'm going to go and cry against these people. Look what Isaiah said in his day. Look at the description, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel with anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more, and the whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. What a sad state of affairs that these people in Nineveh were. But listen, it was the same in Isaiah's day. And it is the same in our day. Understand this morning, that the vision was started by the word of God and the will of God. And we see that it was stated that God has compassion for the lost and that there is confidence that God can still work in hearts. And it was a signaled vision how that they were to, Jonah was to arise and he was to go and he was to cry against it. But notice in Jonah's case, it was a shunned vision because twice the Bible says that he rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord. Folks, you know that's the best place you can be is in the presence of Almighty God. And that's exactly what Jonah was leaving. He was leaving the presence of God. He shunned this vision. Well, why would he do that? Why would somebody not do what God asked them to do? Notice, first of all, he shunned the vision because of fear because of fear. Isaiah said, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You know, I know a lot of times that fear cripples us. Fear paralyzes us. We tend to look at people and we start to have the paralysis of analysis. What will they say? Listen, God doesn't ask us to sit there and think about what they're going to say, what their reaction is going to be. God has given us a voice. And we need to be like John the Baptist, a voice crying out in the wilderness. People need to hear about the Lord. Five-year-old Johnny, he was in the kitchen as his mother was making supper one night. And she asked Johnny, she said, son, I need you to go into the pantry and get a can of tomato soup. Uh, but Johnny didn't want to go in there all alone. He says to his mom, it's dark in there and I'm scared. And so she asked him again, Johnny, I need that can of soup. And she persisted. Finally, she said, okay, okay, Johnny, if you go in there, Jesus will go in there with you. And Johnny thought, okay. So he walks over to the pantry, he opens up the door. He peeks in, and then all of a sudden he, his mom hears him say, Jesus, if you're in there, can you hand me that can of tomato soup? <laughs> the Bible says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. But look at this, of power and of love and of a sound mind. Why are we like Jonah. Is not, did not God say, I will be with you? I will help you. I will strengthen you. We have no reason to fear. One summer night during a severe thunderstorm, a mother was tucking her small son into bed. She was about to turn out the light when she heard a little trembling voice say to her, Mommy, will you stay with me all night since it's storming outside? And his mother kind of reassured him. She gave him a hug, a little kiss. She smiled. She says, I can't, dear. She says, I have to sleep in daddy's room. There was a long silence that followed. And then that silence was broken by a shaky voice as she heard her little boy say, the big sissy. You know, folks, God has a vision for this world. And you know what he's done is he's given us the same thing he gave to Jonah. He's given us his word. The son of Amittai, the word Amittai means truth. Jonah had the truth. What was he doing with it? He was afraid to take the truth because of the people that God was asking him to go to. And so he shunned the vision by fear, but he also shunned the vision by flight. The Bible says he fled from. Folks, look what it says in Genesis 3 and verse number 8. The Bible records there in the garden that the man and the woman heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, you know the story if you've read your Bible at all. God's a good God, is He not? And all that God asks of us is that we would obey Him. Why were they hiding? Because they disobeyed. You see, sin always has its consequences. But you know what God wants today is God wants to have fellowship with you. God wants to spend time with you. Why else would he come down into the garden to spend time with the man and the woman? God wants to be with you. God wants you to be in his presence. And the only way that you're going to have that sweet fellowship is if you obey God the vision that God has given to all of us from his word. But you see, Jonah shunned that by flight. Folks, don't avoid God. God wants to spend time with you. Psalm 1611, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I like the song the songwriter wrote years ago, in the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts are mended in the presence of the King. You see, Jonah was shunning the vision of God. God had started it, and God had stated it, and God had signaled it to Jonah, but he was shunning what God was trying to get him to see. I don't know if God's going to have to do in your life what God did in Jonah's life. I hope he's not preparing a whale for you. You don't want to have a whale of a time, all right? But I want you to see the last part of this vision, because in Jonah's case, I see that there was a seen vision. Jonah finally Got his eyes open. He finally saw. And I want you to, if you have your Bible there, I want to show you some verses here this morning, beginning in chapter 1 in verse number 15. Look at this. So they took up Jonah and they cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed. Here he is in the depths of the sea. Jonah all of a sudden realizes, hey, this is a good time for a prayer meeting. The Bible says he prayed unto the Lord his God. See that phrase? Unto the Lord his God. Out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. There's a great phrase there. You ought to underline that. When God's trying to get your attention, when God's trying to get you to see something, and you end up somewhere because you put yourself there, when you cry out to God, God will hear you. Look at the rest of the verse, how he describes where he was at. Out of the belly of what? Hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Verse 3, for thou hadest cast me into the deep, into the midst of the sea, and the floods compassed me about. All my billows and thy waves, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Drop down to verse 9 of verse, chapter 2. Jonah now says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed, salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Chapter 3, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, look at the phrase, the second time. You see, because Jonah didn't pay attention, Jonah shunned the vision. God dealt with him, and now here it is. Here comes the vision again, the second time, verse 2. Does this look familiar? Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord, Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey, and Jonah began to enter into that city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Notice, Jonah prayed unto the Lord God out of the fish's belly. Jonah said, I will sacrifice unto thee. The voice of thanksgiving, I will pay that that I have vowed. Listen, God's will is what all of us need to be doing. See, it's God's will. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. We see this surrender of Jonah just like in the Word of God that we see in the surrender of the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke 11.30 as Jonah was assigned unto the Ninevites so shall the Son of Man be unto this generation. Jesus was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, but up from the grave he arose. Listen, folks, we understand that the vision was seen in the completion of the will, that Jonah finally says, Lord, I understand. I finally see it. If that's what you want me to do, then I will do thy will. But notice the vision was seen also in the comprehension of, Of the wicked. Go back to chapter 3, look at verse number 5. I love the verse. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes and caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not. God saw their works and that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he said, he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. Now folks, I'm gonna, I want you to see this morning how loving God is, how good God is, how that God saw and God knew the wickedness of men And God was trying to send Jonah to those people if Jonah would just open his eyes and Jonah would see what was going on in that great city, the city of Nineveh. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 18, uh, 18, the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but he smote upon his breast. And here's what he said, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Folks, every last one of us, are like those people in Nineveh, and every last one of us deserve a Christless eternity. But I'm glad, as you read, not only here in in Jonah, but in Jeremiah 18, the Bible says, if that nation, by the way, you could write United States of America right there also, that if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, God says if they turn from their wicked ways, Notice, I will repent of the evil. In other words, God will change his mind. And by the way, that's God's prerogative to do that. God says, I will turn from them the evil that I thought to do unto them. Exodus 32, 14, the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Folks, do not we have a long-suffering and a merciful God that we serve? God loves sinners, and God sent his son, and folks, we need to open our eyes, and we need to see that they are precious in his sight. Sometimes things happen. I read an account about David and Angie, and they they had celebrated their sixth anniversary as a married couple, and as they were celebrating their anniversary, they came home only to find out that their house that they had for six years burned to the ground. Like many families that have had tragedy like this strike, they began, as they were allowed to go back into the area, they, they were allowed to kind of look through some of the charred remains to see if anything survived the fire. Naturally, what a woman would look for is different than what a man would look for. And so Angie began to look around, and her thought was, I wonder if our, our photos, the albums with all of our pictures together, wedding, anniversaries, time together, I wonder if they survived. And so she's going through the area where she thought they would have been. She's looking around. And, and David had gone somewhere else on the same piece of property where the house used to stand. He's looking around, she's looking around, and to her amazement, she finds some of those albums. She pulls them out. She begins to look at the pictures and how dear they were to her, and she knew that they would mean so much to him. She grabbed them, and she went over to where David was, and when she came to where her husband was, she saw him pulling something out of the ashes and kind of wiping it off and folding it up and putting it into this little bitty box that was kind of charred. And she looked down to see what meant so much to him, And when she looked down, she realized that in his hands, he was holding the love letters that they had written to each other years ago when they were dating. Those words of love meant so much to him. More than those pictures. And God has written us a love letter. God has given us his word. And the question today is, What are you doing with it? God has started the vision. God's not willing that any would perish. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, God wants you to go to heaven. He's not willing that any would perish. God's given us an opportunity to take the word just like he asked Jonah to do. But I wonder sometimes when we don't obey God, What is it that God's going to have to do to open our eyes so that we can see people the way God sees people? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed. No one looking around this morning. Can you see what God was trying to get Jonah to see? Oh, yeah, those people, they were sinners. They were wicked. There was a lot of things going on in that city that was deplorable to God. And there's a lot going on in this world we live in today that that honestly is an abomination to God. But remember, you and I, all of us, are born sinners. And it's by the grace of God that you're saved today. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ, listen, God has given us His Word. He's sent out His Word this morning that you can accept His Son, Jesus. He's the gift of God. Folks, it's not by anything that we would do, but according to His mercy, He saved us. And this morning, God is asking you, would you accept that gift? The gift of God's own dear son. The way you do that, according to the word of God, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is of the Lord. God wants to deliver you from a life of sin. And if you're here today and you've never asked Christ, And according to the word of God, you must ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sin, to come into your heart, and to be your Savior. Over 30 years ago, I prayed. I prayed a simple prayer to God. It was between me and God. I said, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Savior. If you're here this morning and God is speaking to you, and you know you've never been saved, you've been in church, you grew up in a good family, maybe you haven't really done anything really bad in your life, but you know this morning you can't go to heaven without Jesus, would you say a simple prayer to God this morning? Something like many have prayed, something like this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin and be my Savior. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, you asked the Lord to forgive you of your sin and be your Savior. I wonder this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. You might just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I just prayed and asked Christ to be my Savior. Would you slip your hand up as a testimony that... You prayed that and you meant it from your heart. You asked the Lord Jesus to be your Savior. Would you slip your hand up as a testimony? You could put it up and put it right back down. Anyone at all this morning. Prayed that prayer and asked the Lord to be your Savior. Those of us that are saved, how many of you would say, with the Lord's help, I want to be more faithful with the Word of God this year, with telling other people, about how God loves them and that Christ died for them. Would you slip your hand up this morning with the Lord's help, I want to be more faithful to tell others. You can put your hands down. Lord, thank you for this morning. I pray that you bless the invitation. Lord as you've spoken to hearts, I pray that there would be some that would step out, move toward you, Lord that would come to an altar. That would say, "Lord, I need your help. I can't do it. Sometimes I'm afraid." but I know that the worst thing I can do is run from you and run from your will for my life. I bless this invitation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you